This is the New Earthings Podcast, helping conscious leaders to create high-impact businesses that reach millions and access a new level of freedom in all areas of their lives. I'm Ana Maria Moreno, the CEO of Copal, and I'll be exploring with you how we can apply ancestral wisdom to elevate business and create a ripple of change. Hi, Nina. I'm Hi. so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, when I went to your class, I was blown away. Um, so I knew that we had to have this conversation. Most people um, are new to your work. So I'd love if you could start by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Well, I'm Nina Markowitz. I do not have a middle name. So it's just Nina Markowitz. <laughs> Um, and I'm from Los Angeles, from California, living here in Mexico City. And a year ago, actually, to almost this date, August 14th, I started working on this Pilates mindfulness yoga kind of wellness studio. We started in August and opened in February of this year. And yeah, that's, that's like the short answer. Mm -hmm. We'll get into obviously longer oh, yeah. answers. <laughs> that's perfect. And yeah, tell us a little bit about the journey getting to that, because obviously uh, we only hear the end stories of like entrepreneurs, yeah. but like what was the journey of you getting to starting the mat, your studio, and like how did that process evolve? Yeah, well, it's a very like I have to go all the way back basically to being like four years old mm -hmm. because I'm from L.A. and this is going to be the most L.A. thing ever. But my mom used to take me to her yoga classes when I was out of preschool She was a huge, huge, huge yogi. And so she would always take me and usually I'd like lay on the mat and just literally do child's pose and just sit there. But I basically grew up because my mom was always just, she was into yoga forever. And then she got into kickboxing and then into Pilates and then into Zumba and has just always, something happened when I turned eight and I think my aunt died and my dad was like explaining death to me. And I was just the weight of the reality of death mm -hmm. hit me and I was like, oh my God, one day I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. And so I started to become like a really big hypochondriac. Mm. And I'd be like, oh my God, I have cancer. I have a heart attack. And I was so young. I was like a baby. It was like eight years old. And so I also throughout the years have always been in like different types of CBT therapy or somatic therapy and just learning tools to like work with my nervous system and understand it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like a side note. But I've always been fascinated by like, having an anxiety, like a panic attack, feeling the same exact way as when you're like sprinting your heart out, right? Mm -hmm. And like when you're just nervous system and cardiovascular system is just through the roof and peaking. So that kind of always was interesting to me how working out always was this outlet for mm -hmm. that anxiety in a place where I'd be like, oh, right. It's just my heart racing. Like I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's just my like breath shortening. Like I'm okay. So blah, 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 blah. And then graduated college and all throughout school I worked in for James Purse which is like a clothing company in the states um so when I graduated college I had all the sales experience and I got hired by this amazing amazing jewelry company mm -hmm. so moved from thinking like I would do something with medicine or sports medicine or I don't know anything in that movement world 
after school, I was like, I want to be more pragmatic and mm-hmm. I want to, you know, make money mm-hmm. and have like a solid job. And I ended up getting hired and I worked for this jewelry company for seven years, six and a half years, and ended up being the wholesale and PR director. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And I didn't realize this until I started my own business that in college, in college working for James Purse, and then after college working for my boss, Jackie, who owned her own company, it was just this absolute deep dive into like understanding how somebody takes something they love mm-hmm. and themselves and makes it into a brand. Mm-hmm. Cause like James Purse, the brand is literally him. Like you meet this guy, he's just like a casual surfer. Like it's so him. My old boss, she's Egyptian and Native American and she's from LA. So it's this mix of like, hippie but really spiritual and really in love with like unique gemstones and it's just like very much her mm-hmm. and then when I quit that job it was around the same time that COVID was starting and before I even quit I got certified in Zumba in Matt Pilates in functional training and I was just thinking you know I'll do this on the side like I'll teach some fun hit Pilates classes on the side whatever started teaching them in LA I taught like two classes a week, but they were all people always really, really liked them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, how can I make kind of this my own version, mm-hmm. you know, with all these things that I love and that I do. And I was telling you before at the studio, I was also really inspired by this woman named Taryn Toomey, mm-hmm. who has the class. And it's a very specific. It's very different. But she uses like a lot of Kundalini kind of mental practices with high intensity training, but it's like very long kind of repetitive movements to get you into this meditative state and to like work with your thoughts and emotions. I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And it's really worked. It gets very successful, but that's not me. Like I'm hyperactive and I like doing a bunch of different things. Yeah. yeah. I want sweat and I want movement. I want like intensity and like chaos. Like I want it like hers is way more kind of mine is slowing down, but it's slowing down within chaos. Mm -hmm. And because that's, I think, just more unique to me mm-hmm. and like my personality and my experience. And yeah, so in, over the pandemic, I my friends were like, we need to work out. Can you just Zoom us or FaceTime us? And so I would start doing that. And well, I guess actually I was doing my classes before the pandemic. But in the pandemic was when I realized, oh, I can make kind of my own method around this because I'm not getting what I want from this workout and this workout and this one. And I want like to really come up with something that feels unique to me with mm-hmm. everything that I know. And so I just started kind of playing around with the classes, the structures, the timing and the music, which is like a hugely important part to me. I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it right. And got like a whole live streaming platform and had to figure out how to use a mixing board and a mic and all these things and this like video production software. And I was doing that for like two years. Mm-hmm. And again, like, and I think that the bigger kind of story here is that I did all these things in the past. And I remember when I was like 25 and I was working for Jackie for the jewelry company, I was like, why did I waste all of that student loan debt? I was just thinking this, yeah. In time, uh-huh. studying kinesiology, I'm never going to use this. This was the, I would say it all the time. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, this is the biggest waste of money and time. Why did I do that? And now it's like I've created my own business around literally this. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I was thinking as you were speaking. Like so often we take these turns in different directions and explore multiple things. And we're like, why am I doing that? That's such a waste of time. 
because it seems like it's not linear and it's not going in a very like Mm-mm. straightforward direction. But then usually those are the turns that shape the uniqueness that you can bring to the world and the unique path and the unique combination of all of those things is where the magic is. Like, I know for me, like I struggled as being like I've done corporate and then I've started a company and then I've like done random things all over the place. Like, yeah. what have I done? <laughs> But all of that later, when I started my own company, it was like this toolkit. I was like, suddenly I've done marketing and operations and product and all these things. It seems so random. But now I have this toolkit and I felt like a kamikaze that could just like, not kamikaze, (laughs) like a a perfect storm. Yeah, like uh, the perfect storm of like having everything I needed to like start my own business. So I feel like that's so important that we allow for these, I call it unconventional paths to take place so that all of these little skills can be acquired along the way that like later get perfectly baked yeah. into this cake that you couldn't have foreseen. You could never where, have thought of. Yeah, you had no idea that that's where it was going because if you had looked back, you'd been like kinesthesiology. I've done that, like, which I've done all the time. I've been like, yeah. jewelry? I don't yeah. look at me. I like literally wear sweatpants every yeah. day. Like what I do seven years for? And I felt that way too after. I was like, I just spent my 20s and I love my boss like it's nothing to do with the company it was an incredible experience yeah but I remember thinking also because when I quit the jewelry job I my side passion is writing mm-hmm. and so I was like always writing like little scripts and little shorts and little things and so I was like I'm gonna give my full attention to writing mm-hmm. and I remember thinking shit why did I spend that all that time you know doing PR in sales mm-hmm. when I wanted to write like what a waste and as you're and saying now, now I'm like, like oh, this is, exactly. yeah. <laughs> this is why I need this. Yeah. It's so, and like, yeah, I've done that to myself so many times where I've put so much time and energy into like learning something. And then like you're saying, cause it's not this like perfect path, mm-hmm. right? I also never thought like, oh, I want to, like, I really didn't think I wanted to start my own business. Mm-hmm. Like I saw what right. my boss did and I was yeah. like, this is really hard. Yeah. I, I had the same, my fa- whole family's entrepreneurs and really? they're like, when are you starting your business? And I was like, that's not for me. Yeah. But I think it just was the timing that needed to happen of me acquiring like the skills I needed to be like, okay, now I'm ready. Or like now this makes sense. But it's just allowing yourself to grow and evolve in in whatever direction needs to take. Because like you don't know where it's going, but it is going somewhere. Totally. (laughs) And trusting that. And I think entrusting it is so important too and like looking back and not thinking oh my god I've wasted right I mm-hmm. waste why did I do this and it's like every single step when I look backwards has literally led me to this exact place mm-hmm. and you know had I not done all of those with sales with marketing with you know shoot her business was new it was only like five years old when I started so we were like really shaping her like social media and the way we talked about her to press and everything like and again, I didn't realize that that was just giving me this really deep understanding of, oh, this is how you build a brand, mm-hmm. an authentic brand, mm-hmm. a personal brand, like something that is that person in an experience, which is mine, or in a product, which is hers, that's going to like embody her and yeah. and be like a vessel to share her passion with other people. Right. And I just, yeah, I was like, oh, what a waste. Yeah. Can you tell you what a waste? Right. All these things like... Yeah. And I think now that I, you say that too, I think when I experienced your class, I could recognize the creativity in it. Oh, you know, I, I could recognize the unique combination of things in a, in a way that I not, and I hadn't seen before. And uh-huh. I was like, oof, like I was moved by it. 
literally moved but like <laughs> but like it it the like i think that's something that's also underrated and like under yeah. appreciated of like how that's where the creative act happens of totally. like the combination of these things in a way that's uniquely you yeah because i think too like the other day i was thinking about the phrase like ah oh, we're not like reinventing the wheel right but it's like we constantly are like mm -hmm. movement yoga pilates all these things like no person that's creating their own method or studio or class unless you have some machine that you or business or business yeah exactly anything or art yeah any endeavor any yeah. literally anything is like your own spin on something and i think for also i was really hesitant like really really hesitant when i was doing my online classes to say like oh this is my class because mm -hmm. i'm like well i learned like high intensity interval training well i learned pilates sequencing well i learned kickboxing well i learned zumba and i was so hesitant to be like oh well this is like my version of it because i felt not like a fraud but like the reality of that it's like no no right there is an imposter syndrome attached to using things that you've seen in the past yes yeah but when you put all those things together and then I put that together with, you know, like my therapist probably is she should get credit for most of this because mm. she's taught me all of these like somatic techniques and different ways of talking to yourself through discomfort. And I use so much of what we talk about in therapy and I bring it into those classes and the music like it's a very specific way that all the teachers have to mix their music. And it's about literally the music should be activating you and grounding you and activating you and grounding you and like bringing this kind of like wave principle into the movements, into the music, into the like mentality and intention of it. And I think only when I started teaching other instructors, these classes that I came up with, was I able to really be like, oh yeah, this is different. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's like basic principles. Mm -hmm. It's like art, right. basic principles of things that we're building blocks of others that we're like learning from and reinventing. But I've added my own personal like spin to it. Yeah. And I think that's actually the path of mastery where mm. you like start understanding those basic principles. Then from that, you layer on elements of creativity until you can really like extend yourself beyond that and create something. Yes. On top of those things. On top. On top. Um, oh, God, I forget who had said this. But there was a quote that was about freedom. Oh, oh this is going to bug me. It was basically like, there's only like freedom and liberation in like structured. Oh, what was it? It'll come to me later. But it reminded me of I used to take acting classes mm -hmm. in my time where I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to write. I'm going to teach. Which also is part of the teaching. Yeah, totally. It's like yeah. a, pers a persona in a way that comes out. Mm -hmm. And like, I will never forget that one of the key principles, and I found it to be so fascinating because I did this, this version of like improv, this dramatic improv. But you know your lines by heart. And the teachers would always be like, you need to have this structure to be able to have freedom, right. to have something like safe to rest on, to really be able to be free. And it's that same thing with mastery. Like you're saying, it's like, no, you need to be like a master at this. So deep in your core, you're like, I got the basics. I'm safe. Now I can be like free extent. to play, yeah. you know, and like expand. Yeah. It's like a chef. They can't like go and create these amazing dishes if they don't yeah. even know how to like not burn their meat. Like, exactly. It's like, yeah. You need to learn the basics and then you can layer on top of that. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like with this business, which was so awesome, was that like, I also, have you read the book Outliers? Yeah. 
So I was starting to read that like, I don't know, a year and a half ago, maybe. And I found it to be so fascinating, right? This perfect concoction of the hours of mastery plus market demand plus luck. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, again, looking back, I didn't realize what I was doing, but all my hours online of perfecting my classes, my whole life of like being in studios, of knowing what a good studio feels like, where we could improve here, of knowing what stores, like just all this stuff. I was like, okay, the mastery of the class is there. Mm -hmm. The hours are there. I didn't even realize I was working up to this, but Mm -hmm. I did that. And then I happened to move to Mexico City with my best friend for three months. Mm -hmm. He was shooting a movie here. Mm -hmm. I was doing everything online still. We both decided to stay. And then I started doing classes on my rooftop down the street on Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. At first, it was like five people, then 10, and then 20, and then 30. And then I got kicked off of my roof because my landlord was like, wait, you can't run a business. (laughs) This is a residential place. This is a residential place. Yeah. And this is like everyone's making all these really weird noises yeah. and like screaming yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And I just accrued this list of 220 people that over the course of mm-hmm. eight months came to the roof. And we're like, I've never done a class like this. There's nothing here in Mexico. And basically that's like the other piece of the perfect storm. I was like, oh, there wasn't anything like it here. I happen to have the hours and then I found the place, like, thank God, I was so lucky. I found the place. And all of a sudden I was like, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, here we are. And it was weird. I would, I feel like that should have been a bigger, like, fuck, am I going to do this? Should I do this? Yeah. Like, I should have been weighing the consequences more, but it was very weird. I just saw the place and, w- and was like, oh, this I'm is what ready. I'm doing. You're ready. I was yeah. like, it doesn't matter. I'll find the money. I'll figure it out. But like. I'm just going to do it. I just started putting one foot in front of the other. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's also really important because we think like they're ha- this is where I'm going. And like that p- puts a lot of weight into what we're doing. Yeah. I was actually reading Rick Rubin's uh, The Creative oh, Act. And he was reading. talking about that, how like sometimes artists get super paralyzed mm-hmm. because they put so much weight into like the creation that they're making that it's like, overwhelming but if you just see it as like a step in the before the next step before the next step it just like mitigates a little bit of that fear so you can just understand that like it's gonna continue to be imperfect and you just need to put one foot in front of the other and allow yourself to make a ton of mistakes but all of that will ladder up to to your own creation I think too like I I'm such, and I'm sure most people that are entrepreneurs, and I think that's probably why they do it. I'm such a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like even it's so micro to the point of I taught a class the other day. It wasn't the one that you were in. I made it like way too challenging and everyone walked out and I could tell like usually people walk out and they're, yes, dead, but dead, but energized. Uh-huh. And this time everyone walked out and they were just like, I might have been in that class. Were Half you? of the class left. <laughs> I was like one of the last people standing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, okay, made too hard. I went home and I was like, oh my God, that was too hard. Yeah. Now no one's going to come back to my class because they took that one class that was way too hard. Mm-hmm. And oh no, now I, and just, you know, that spiral of like, God forbid I don't perform mm-hmm. to my crazy high standard that I've set for myself like oh, everything's gonna crash and burn around and then just be like oh right it was one class mm-hmm. great it was a yeah. hard class yeah 
moving on as everyone else did. Yeah. It's like an artist. Like, so what? You write a song and it's not an amazing hit. Yeah. Maybe then a couple lyrics from that song will lead you to the next one that is going to be. Right. But it's really hard to. I, I know. But in the in the book, he also talks about how that imperfection is what creates the genius as well. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you were like so focused on like not making those mistakes that in those mistakes is like the uniqueness too of people being like, oh, like I can feel that there's something imperfect, but like yeah. it almost gives you freedom to like understand that there is a grit or like human. A, yeah, human element to it. And you're not just like talking to an AI that created something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's so tr- like that's yeah. And I guess that's what's going to keep us always so relevant when everyone's afraid of AI is like AI is is engineered to be perfect Mm -hmm. is engineered to be like making the least mistakes possible Mm -hmm. and you just yeah that's just so human it's just so uniquely human as perfectionists i'm sure we're like yes (laughs) that's what's gonna be good (laughs) but it's hard and i think but and i think that drives you because i'm like okay i want a space where people walk in and instantly feel at ease Mm -hmm. and i'd go to all these different like truly i feel like almost every studio i've been to in my life I, who is an extremely athletic person, walk in and feel, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. Where do I go? Are mm-hmm. they going to be friendly? Is it the, and you just, because working out, again, we don't like talk about it like this, but it's a really vulnerable experience. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself in a room of people that you don't know, going through extremely challenging circumstances, looking at everyone else's levels, looking at the teacher in front of you who does it every day that in your mind probably is like perfect and, you know, the ideal version of whatever is in your mind. And it's just like playing at all of these vulnerabilities at once. And when you walk in the door, especially when you're new, it's just like really anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. Like, do I belong here? And I just, every studio that I went to, I'm like, that. the architecture doesn't make me mm-hmm. feel welcome. Mm-hmm. So that was like a huge thing with my space is having a place for people where they walk in and like, Anyone at the front desk should be so nice and so welcoming. And it's your first time. Like, don't worry about it. Maybe you lay on the ground the whole time. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. you are allowed to do whatever it is that you want to do. And, like, I think what makes a perfectionist great as a business person, you need to kind of let go right? as a leader. Yeah. But it, there's a value in being perfectionist because, like, that pushes you to, like, create things and look at the details in a way that yeah. is, is focused on ensuring high quality. I think it's just recognizing when that stops being productive and recognizing Sorry. when it's like, okay, this is like no longer <laughs> a, like adding value. It's just hindering me. Mm. And like, it's, it's a tricky balance to navigate because we could say, no, like being a perfectionist is terrible or say oh being a perfectionist is the best thing you could be because you're so great yeah. but like there's there's the the good aspects of it and the shadow aspects of it and it's recognizing both. the delicate balance between both i think it's really hard to like being a, a, a single like a solo entrepreneur mm-hmm. it's really hard to shut it off mm-hmm. when you don't have somebody else that's with you being like whoa you're being so hard on yourself right now Look at what you've done, mm-hmm. right? Because when it's just you, you're like, oh, well, that thing's not perfect and I want to fix that wall and this. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm like walking to the studio and I'm thinking, God, that class yesterday wasn't what I wanted it to be. And if the class isn't what I want it to be, then the studio is not going to be as amazing as I want it to be. And then that's some reflection of me not being perfect. And mm-hmm. 
what's helped me a lot to control because that's also just anxiety mm-hmm. like that's just how my brain works it's gonna spiral and then i'm gonna be like hey mm-hmm. you're spiraling mm-hmm. let's take a pause and a really helpful thing which again like we talked about this the way that like everyone teaches entrepreneurship is so black and white mm-hmm. and flawed and it's like yeah be a perfectionist you have to be about mm-hmm. everything hustle work hard or do it more better faster. better faster yeah. better and this is your entire life yeah and what's helped me a lot is like i walk to the studio sometimes and i think this is a huge part of my life but i also am a writer i also am a stained glass artist when i want to be I also did stand-up comedy in the past. Like, I'm a person that is totally separate as well from this thing that I'm building and that I love and that Mm -hmm. I care about. And that, like, takes some of the pressure off of the need to be perfect because you're like, oh, right, this is a part of me, but this Mm -hmm. is not all of me. It's not who I am. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A part of me. Huge part, but Mm -hmm. definitely not all of me. Yeah. It's what you do, not who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the success of it is not it doesn't actually define whether I'm good or bad or whether I'm right or wrong or whether mm-hmm. I'm you know all these like black and white younger self things that we get into thinking mm-hmm. yeah I wish I yeah. feel like no one's ever everyone's like yeah. it's gotta be your whole life yeah and I think another thing we've talked about this but like that we don't talk about enough in entrepreneurship is n- regulating your nervous system which I know is a big part of your practice I'd love if you could like tell us more about like yeah the importance of regulating your nervous system for entrepreneurship and also some of the things that you found valuable as you've endeavored to be an entrepreneur and like the things that you teach, because I think it's so important to also learn how to navigate that in situations where you're not like triggered yeah. so that when you are, you can really know how to do that in a more yeah. easeful way. And like you're saying, you know, in class, I try to remind people, this is just a place for you to practice this. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like practice it in a safe space. So when you're at home and you don't have me in your ear telling you that you're resilient and that you can handle this, you're like, oh, that's right. I am. Maybe I hear it. But like there's this, there's such a disconnect with hustle culture and regulating, right? That's what we're talking about. Like, yeah, hustle culture is like have more coffee, <laughs> don't sleep eight hours. If you're not business and do, isn't doing well, you're not working hard enough. So do more and da 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 da. And I think like so some of the principles in my class, in between each round of high intensity. So the idea is like we're putting you in these in this crazy heat with infrared panels, with all these different moves, with all these like really challenging strength training exercises to put you in that really really elevated state of anxiety, of activation, of nervous system deregulation. And then within those intense rounds, I try to offer tools and reframes constantly, right? Like you don't realize it, but even an exercise, as soon as things gets, get hard, you constrict and contract and you hold your breath and you pull your shoulders up to your ears and you squeeze your fists and you shorten your breathing. And when you do that, you signal to the body, we're in danger. So freak out, right? We need to protect ourselves and shrink and get smaller to make sure that this imaginary lion that's Mm -hmm. not charging after us, you know, isn't going to kill us. And so it's a lot of just starting with putting the body into a place where it feels safe. And most of the time when you are anxious, when you're having an anxiety attack, when you're in a really, really peak, peak cardiovascular exercise, you leave your body, right? You're like up here, 
somewhere else. And you're like, this is really hard and challenging. And I'm starting to think about this. Maybe it's too hot. and Maybe it's too hard. And you literally leave your body. So like an easy principle is just like tapping your body. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, right. Look, I have a body that I'm connected to. Right. I can feel it. I'm safe. And a therapist taught me this like ages ago. So if you're feeling anxious, you always just tap left and right on your thighs because it's twofold. It's like the somatic sense of I feel my body. I feel this thing. Oh, right. I can come back to that embodiment and also tapping left and right, looking left and right, swaying left and right. Anything that goes left and right. Mm -hmm. Or like I was saying before, too, the idea of like changing your focus Mm -hmm. from narrow to narrow to wide, wide. narrow to wide. It brings it uses both sides of your brain. Right. And it starts to bring the nervous system down together. Mm hmm. Such like an easy, easy tip. I think too something, I went to the somatic practitioner years ago and he gave me like the best, best metaphor. He was like, okay, I just want you to think about like trauma in your body, right? And like trauma is a very general statement, Mm -hmm. but any sort of thing that has triggered a really, really intense reaction out of you and something that's really fearful and that's been really challenging. So when you don't, move with and through these things as we're talking about like in a way that an animal does like they get into a fight a deer runs in front of a car they freeze they fight they do whatever it is and then they shake it off and then they move on like it never happened and he was like but what we do is similar to like thinking about a lemon so Mm -hmm. if you were to close your eyes and like really really like feel the texture of the lemon skin in your hands squeeze it a little bit is it a hard one is it a soft one does it have some imperfections on the skin okay that's the lemon i feel it i'm gonna take a knife and i'm gonna cut that lemon in half i'm like watch the juice come out of the lemon right and so then you're looking inside the lemon you're like ah okay i see all the juice i see the seeds i see this now i'm gonna take that lemon and take a bite of it and if you do this like practicing of really imagining it your mouth will literally start salivating Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm because it has that sense memory of right. this is what it feels like. Oh, right. I know what biting a lemon feels like. And I know I need to produce all this saliva. So my body's going to do it. And he was like, that's what happens with trauma that you don't move with and move through is that your body remembers and holds on to it. And so as soon as it thinks it's about to experience that thing again, it's going to react in that same way and be like, we got to protect you. We got to protect you. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I've As I've navigated clearing trauma from my own body it's mind-blowing to me how experiences that I had as a child like trigger experiences now as an adult and as an entrepreneur and I'm like I literally feel like it's happening again but luckily now I have some distance from it so I can see like this is in my body it's stored and I can like separate myself from it without getting lost in it but it's something that Like we all have to learn how to navigate and move and shift because otherwise we start making decisions from these trauma responses that aren't the best thing for our companies, for anyone. Like we're just like reacting instead of responding. And we're like really just acting out of a place of deep fear and survival. This is something that in all of the entrepreneurial books I have read, I feel like nobody has discussed, Yeah, which is when you are building a business that is around something that's really deeply connected to you, Mm -hmm. your personality, your passion. It's so hard to separate those things. But I think when it's, you know, like 
people are always like, oh, you're like a creative or you're a business person. Yeah. But when you are creating your own business, yeah. you are a blend of both. Oh, yeah. So we allow creatives to be like, we give them that. It's like, oh, you're writing a song. Like, yeah, it's just explore. Go yeah, ahead. exactly. Yeah. It's this deeply personal experience about you. Of course, you're going to judge yourself. Like mm-hmm. it's your writing. It's your song. It's your movie. It's your whatever. But with business, it's like, well, these are numbers and this is a business and it's so much more cut and dry and you yeah. can't bring those doubts in. Right. Well, we were just talking about how the beauty is that we're human and that's what the imperfection is of bringing that. But I feel like in business, we've almost like made it so that it's not humans operating, it's machines. And it's like, actually, you're not allowed to have emotions. You're only allowed to like create results in like a very like exponential way. Yes. You're not allowed to rest. And it's like, what, like actually like these are humans yeah. that have emotions that need rest that like have doubts, like, can we bring the humanity back and like have a little bit more harmony? This is making me think about a conversation I was having yesterday with a guy. And he is one of my boyfriend's coworkers. Lovely guy. Um, and we were talking about like, I, cause I'm, you know, hiring new people and bringing people on and I'm hiring some people that are expats, but living in Mexico. And, you know, there's just like different, there's just a different pay standard. There's a different, like everything here is different than it would be in California, for mm-hmm. example. Right. Yeah. Like, and so I was like, okay, I need to figure out like a salary that's, you know, fair for a person that's working for a Mexican company. Cause my company is fully a Mexican company. It earns in pesos. It's only registered in Mexico. Like it is that. So I'm operating as a Mexican company. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to him like, yeah, well, this person's from the States. So I'm going to show them like, oh, this is the average pay scale for this type of job in this area. And this is the wage. And he was like, why do you feel like you have to explain yourself so much? If you're showing that you have to explain yourself, it means that you're showing this like doubt. And if you're showing this doubt, then they're going to question. And I was like, okay, no, no, I'm not going to pretend like this. There's a difference. This is these are the circumstances I want to be very clear and say, hey, this is exactly why I'm doing this. Yeah. And this is what's fair. And this is the market research. And like, I want to come to you and have a real conversation about this. Not this like weird, fake, like mask, like I know everything. Like, and yeah. I can't tell you this. And this yeah. is what it is. And this is what I'm offering to pay you. And like, I'm confident in that. And now you come back to me with some other weird masked like requests. And then we're going to have this like negotiation where yeah. we're both actually not just talking about like, hey, what do you need? Yeah. What is fair? What can we make work? Because this idea of like business leadership, again, is like putting on this weird like fake mask and like not about transparency Mm -hmm. of emotions or information. It's like, well, if you show that you're doubting something to your team, maybe then they're not going to believe in you as much. Yeah. It's like, what? No. Maybe they will believe in you more. Yeah. Yeah. And you're all in this together. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, actually, now that I think about it, like we're applying perfectionism, but to the way that we do business where we have to like, yeah, here, like we're like these mannequins like operating. But and one of the things that I've been working with companies on is like, how do we apply these conscious values mm-hmm. into business? And like, I think important ones are vulnerability, like, yes, being like showing yourself as you are in your full expression authenticity doing that like with radical authenticity of like this is what it is like i'm not gonna like put on these masks and hide what 
that yeah. looks like and also reciprocity because I feel like we often have these like very imbalanced relationships of like there's like power weird you're the power boss dynamic you're the employee exactly yeah we, I, one of the companies that we worked on was actually for headhunting and like applying uh-huh. and it's like can we build like more balanced and reciprocal relationships and the way that we engage in business with like our vendors with like our employees with everything where it's like we're we're creating this harmony based on like reciprocal as we would with anything and so like how do we do that isn't that kind of funny like I don't know as you're just saying that was making me think about how silly it is that even and I maybe I'm sure there's value to this and again look I'm just this is a thought that came to mind so I'm throwing it out there but even when like you go from having a conversation to somebody and the second you're like oh hold on I have to get on this like work zoom hi exactly yeah it's like why do I why am I like changing the way that I speak yeah to be like oh well now this is business right or like when you find out that you actually like a coworker outside of work, you're like, oh, wait, I would hang out with you because I know what your actual personality is. But somehow, for some reason, in this room, mm-hmm. we have to all be this like robotic. Yeah, we have to compartmentalize and become these robots. Emotionless. Yeah. And like you can only negotiate if it's just sheerly like emotionless, if it's just facts. And like, of course, there is definitely logic and importance in wisdom and like certain tactics of business, right? But in a regulated way, mm-hmm. you know, we're not saying like go and like scream. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. cry. Like, of course, like we live in society. Society has rules. We play by the rules for mm-hmm. sure. Rules are part of structures to help things move and us to know where we can freely move through. But in that, it's like, yeah, I want to be able to say to one of my employees, like, I'm really like nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit I'm looking at our numbers and like. I don't know. Do you think that we're, you know, doing this the right way? Do you think that we're doing like, I want to go to them and be like, hey, I'm questioning myself. But like, as a leader, mm-hmm. what do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, give me feedback. Mm-hmm. I want your feedback. Yeah. I don't think that makes me look like a weak leader. I think it's like, no. you're strong because you're like, hey, I'm the leader. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I'm going to make the decisions of what I think is best. But I want to know with all the information from you guys who are equally like a part of it and see it every day. And like, you questioning where we're going isn't you questioning me mm-hmm. or the business or the idea or the thought. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, you know, it's just a different. Yeah, I feel like there's this new model of leadership that like I feel like we're creating or that it's emerging. I don't know what what where it's coming from, but it's definitely feels like there's a shift in like the way that we've done business and leadership has been great very useful there's a lot that we can take from it but there's also some things that we just need to just like rebalance re- my and again my therapist really deserves <laughs> a lot <laughs> thank you <Gina's> jennifer <laughs> you are the best we love you. i love you <laughs> um but even with like employees because we were talking about this not like you know i this is my first time that i've been i've had people under me in my other job but it was never, it's like, oh, I need you to do this because, you know, our boss, our greater boss, the owner of the company wants us to be doing this. So even when you're implementing like new rules and giving feedback, when it's not your company, you kind of always have that higher up person that's the owner to like rest on. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden when it's you and they're like, wait, well, why are we doing it this way? And you're like, because that's the way that I would like to do it. Yeah. Like you don't have anyone else to kind of be like, 
hey, sorry, that person wants it done this way. So this is how we're doing it. And I remember talking to her and being like, I don't want to be the type of, it's almost like being a parent that's like, because they said so. Right. But also there are limits. Like there are certain things that are just like a taste thing. That's like, this is how I want it to be done. Open to suggestions. But ultimately, I think it's going to be this way. Fine. Mm -hmm. And it's so like to me, so it's like a conscious version of leadership is just, yeah, being in touch and being like, oh, right. This is a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Like, how do we make this easier? What do you see as of us applying this wisdom to like modern life? Yeah, I think like, which is, again, as we're talking about this larger idea of everything in your life is kind of leading you to some other thing that you don't know until you're there. Mm -hmm. And anxiety is like such a great kind of vehicle to talk about this. Because like we're saying, like this body that is doing this for me, like my blood is circulating through my body. My breath is coming in and out. My diaphragm is all this stuff is like happening without me doing anything consciously. Mm -hmm. Right. So that to me is like ancestral wisdom. Mm -hmm. All right. The fact that like I get to kind of be the higher level manager of this experience of this body, but there's some wisdom that's propelling it day in and out. Like I go to sleep. What happens? My body's regulating itself. Like that's your ancestral wisdom, which is a huge gift, but also can be a little bit of a curse at this exact moment in time because it's set up to do that, to take care of us, Mm -hmm. to sense danger and be like, oh no, get out. Right. Our bodies are still very primal in their responses. Yeah, It's so primal. And it's like, oh my God, I'm afraid. So all of a sudden I'm going to contract because what's, why? Oh, right. Because if I'm in the smallest ball possible, maybe that bear isn't going to see me. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, so we still have that wiring, that ancestral primal wiring, but we're not in these situations anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's like thanking the gift of protection, Mm -hmm. right. And like thanking the body, like, oh my God, you are, I'm putting you in this really scary situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're reacting normally. Mm -hmm. My heart is racing, right? That's my body trying to pump more oxygen to support itself. I'm sweating. Is my body literally regulating my temperature for me? Like this body is amazing. It's amazing. It's just so many things that we're like, it's the thankless job. The thankless (laughs) job. But that's, it's using that and starting to acknowledge it and be like, oh, right. That's that old, old, old reaction of fear. I'm safe. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, well, again, like, as we're saying, these, like, primal things, like, shaking, you look at a dog, tapping, like, all, when you're nervous, breathing, breathing, like, when you have a bad day or a long day, the first thing you do is, like, (sighs) yeah, like, we sigh without noticing why we're doing it, but, like, it's because our body's just, like, regulating it. Yes. And And if we do it consciously, then, like, we can help it do its job. So it's, like, taking those primal primal tools that come up in fight or flight Mm -hmm. shaking right disembodying coming back into the body allowing shaking to be something that we're like oh right oh my body clearly needs to discharge some of this energy let me let it go Mm -hmm. exhaling (sighs) right okay let me get all that air out so i can take a huge breath of air in right because that's why we sigh is to send it all out to bring a bunch of new air in Mm -hmm. and just starting to take these like little hacks that are so human and primal and also animalistic and being like, hey, reminder, look around. There's nobody with a spear coming at you, hopefully. You know? <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. 
Who knows? But I hope that's not the case. There's no bear chasing me down. Mm -hmm. I got this. This is normal. I'm going to let this thing happen. I'm going to support it. I'm not going to like run away from that feeling because that's also the crazy part of having this biology is that it's meant for fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing none of those things, if you're just trying to like exist as a human in this world in 2023. Or push yourself against those. You're like, I want to fight, but I'm just going to like sit in this meeting and like pretend like everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not ignore or just be like, oh, well, my body's doing that thing that it does to take care of me. Mm hmm. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, all of a sudden, wait, I feel it. That's not that scary. Mm -hmm. My heart racing, it's not that scary. Me sweating right now, that's not that weird. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. My body's just taking care of me. Like, mm -hmm. look around. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And yeah, just there's so much wisdom. Yeah. In and here. our ancestors were so connected to their bodies that like they did this naturally. Right. But now we're like sitting in computers and like yeah. we're just like taking Zoom calls. And so the amount of disconnection from our bodies is is big. And Huge. like we need to like, therefore, learn these practices so that we can support our bodies when like we're just like made them now sit for <laughs> 12 hours a day. And I think something, too, that's really like fascinating is when you really think about languaging of things, like we talk about grounding all the time and you're like, okay, what is grounding? It's like, okay, get grounded. Like, what the hell does that mean? Mm -hmm. And a really like really easy way for me. And we do this in class all the time is just laying on your back and putting your feet up because mm -hmm. you're getting this large part of your body from your head to your waist on the ground. The weight of your legs is going to press you. Gravity is going to press you into the ground. You're literally going to feel the ground beneath you. Because what did we do? We slept on the ground for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. We always have this deep connection to right. resting on the ground. How often do we like rest on the ground? Yeah. Or also our deep connection to intuition. Like before, like there was like this primal sense that just like knew, okay, like they didn't even, we didn't even see the danger approaching, but like we knew it was coming. And so we moved. Yeah. Like, how do we reconnect with that intuition? That's like, it's not like a woo woo thing. It's not a hippie thing. It's like a wisdom instinctual. That, the, instinctual that the body knows. And so how could we reconnect with that so that we can make decisions that sometimes the mind has no clue what you're talking about and like it's like i don't understand what you're doing but like there's this inner knowing i was actually watching this documentary that like is kind of a tangent but like mm. with heart math institute they look at like the brain and uh heart coherence and they did this experiment where they would show people the images and like measure response time mm. and they actually saw that the heart rate would accelerate uh, when there were going to be gruesome images before people even saw the images 10 seconds before that's like, like the lemon thing that's literally intuition like they people didn't even see the pictures it hadn't even they it was randomized it hadn't even appeared but like something i don't know what it is but something was already telling you like there's going to be something there i think too like this is a little bit of a tangent on that too. <laughs> yeah but i remember like in dating because like you know, we all have our things from childhood that we are working on overcoming. Yeah. And I remember for me, I had this like deep confusion with intuition and anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
and excitement and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And all those things are kind of like clustered into one. And my therapist will always be like, okay, well, how like this person really excites you. This person bores you. Describe to me what those sensations are. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like excited, like, you know, I have all this energy and I just Mm want to like talk. I have a lot of hand gestures. I'm really excited. And my heart race Mm -hmm. is a little bit and like it's putting me on my A game and I have to think more. Survival, babe. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And what's the other one? I'm like, oh, listening more relaxed at ease yeah able to like really hear and like see the person in front of me not trying to perform but for so long i was like my gut right my gut's telling me that this other person is good for me Mm -hmm. and so i think too it's like this interesting dance of like parsing out oh no no that actually was intuition i just Mm -hmm. was not listening to it but the wisdom there yeah i think what i've learned is when it feels chaotic and frantic we can confuse that as excitement, but actually that's like a wisdom there of like, ugh, there's something that's chaotic wrong. and like wrong. <laughs> yeah. This is it's, activating yeah, your nervous exactly. system and old traumas that are familiar to you. Exactly. So it's not, it's like, it's chaotic, like be aware. Sometimes I see the chaos and I'm like, Maybe this is, there's a wisdom there, but I'll get back to it when it's not chaotic. <laughs> exactly. Like, maybe that's... Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's, it's again, like, but none of these things, mm-hmm. none of these, like, intuitions or instincts you'll ever be able to listen to until you, like, actually feel. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like, in not feeling, I'm just, like, high on the experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not really feeling the sensations. Because mm-hmm. if I was really feeling the sensations, I'd be like holy shit, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, I am calm and I feel safe. Mm -hmm. Right? And so just like, I think it's also this like really, really long and deep and continued process of like, can I just like feel this for a second? Right. And sometimes that's why we don't rest because we're like, I don't, I can't feel that. Like that means I'm bored. That means like, it's like you want to get back to that like triggered state, but it's like actually just like rest and feel whatever's there. Like yeah. give yourself that space. Cause like, how are you going to, and again, this is where like class, I, I love the things that come up cause class is like chaotic and it's hot and there are all these moves and everything's happening in the music and there's all of this, but like, I really want people within all of that to be like, okay, what are you feeling mm-hmm. in this chaos? Now, what are you thinking? Now, what stories are you making up about yourself that all of this chaos is bringing to you? How can we like find some like calm and ease in it and like, remind ourselves that we're safe mm-hmm. that we're safe we're absolutely fine. yeah but again you can't do that unless you allow yourself to be like oh whoa i'm feeling a lot right now mm-hmm. and then you can decide what to do with that feeling yeah or sometimes people are like oh i'm super triggered maybe this is my intuition telling me it's wrong and i'm like you can't actually access your intuition in that state like once you're regulated we can talk about what your intuition is saying but until that passes, there's no intuition to be had. No, no, you were yeah. like you said, survival. Yeah. You're in survival. And then you're like, literally, the chemicals that are coursing through your body are changing the way that your brain is thinking about making decisions. It's literally moving mm-hmm. from the area that's supposed to make decisions to the area that's supposed to react. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, I think again, it's just like this new version of like allowing yourself to feel things. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Like, I feel scared. Okay, let me take a beat. Sit with this feeling. Is there truth behind it? Are there things I can learn from it? 
Are there ways I can talk to it and support it? Can I get curious with it? Okay. Okay, right. Now, all of a sudden, like, it's not this huge, scary, overwhelming thing once I feel it. Mm -hmm. Now I can figure out how to move through it. Yeah. And some people discredit that so much. They're like, oh, that sounds like such a whatever thing. But it's like, I've also been in the business world for 10 years. I've been in some of the biggest tech companies in the world. I've watched all of this operate. And now with some separation, I can see like how important and actually like critical it is for us to do that. It's not like a woo-woo thing. It's not like a whatever thing. It's like the most important thing you can do in business because like then you can make decisions and create things that you would have never even imagined because you're doing it from a very different place. And so like... Do you think that, and I'm curious with your experience on the tech side, obviously in the recent, what, like 10 years, there have been a lot more women involved mm-hmm. and put into positions of power. Do you think that that has any help in shifting these dynamics? I think so. But I also think, and that was my experience too, and, and I work with women in tech, that like we have, like as women that have been conditioned to operate in a certain way women leaders that are emerging are having to dissolve all of these outdated paradigms. They're like, I also had to go through this process when I first left tech and I haven't left tech, but when I first left corporate world, that version of it, like I literally had like to like relearn how to be like in so many ways. Like I was like so used to having like a nine to eight schedule with like back to back meetings. Giving myself space to rest has also been this thing that I've had to navigate of how to do that. And like what everything we've talked about here of feeling like I I think that as women getting into tech and leadership roles in tech, like we have the potential to make that change. But I also feel like as women in these roles, we have to relearn so many ways that like we've been taught that like just don't work anymore. And that's so important. Because well, you've had to work really hard to yeah, get there. Exactly. And like it served us so well that yeah. it's like so scary to separate from that. We're like, that's what worked. Like that's okay. why I'm here. But what you're saying, and this is so fascinating, it's what like, again, when you learn about these things like anxiety, for example, mm-hmm. when you start to realize like, oh, my God you're a mechanism that helped me survive. Mm -hmm. Like me as a kid with hypochondria, really what I needed was somebody that was a parental figure to come to me and say, Nina, Mm -hmm. this world is definitely overwhelming and learning about it is really scary. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, you're supported and you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel this way too. And like someone that would say to me, like, you're going to be fine, but I never had that. Mm -hmm. I love my parents, but it was a different type of parenting. And so my only way of getting reassurance that I felt comfortable asking for that I could get back mm-hmm. was in like, am I dying? Okay, do I need to go to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Like, help me. I need to feel safe. Am I dying? And yeah. then being like, eat some food, drink some water. We'll take you to the doctor. You're good. Mm-hmm. But like, so that hypochondria was my method of getting, getting the attention you needed. Exactly. exactly. And then yeah. so looking back and the like, same thing, it's like for women, it's like, right, we had to be this way, to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. served up until this point. But wait, now we're at this point where that old learning, that. we don't need it anymore. It's, it's- yeah. And I'm, and I'm helping so many women that with that, like That's so cool. clients that are working at Google and all these big companies, like being like, there is, there's like a terror and like trying to do something different. Like one of my clients right now is just taking three months off to like 
half space and it's like, can I actually do that? I'm like, <laughs> you're going to break down a lot. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, watch it. But like, we've, a lot of our success has come from operating from that place. And like, I had to unlearn how to achieve from survival to mm -hmm. achieve from and survival and my ego to achieve from my soul. And that's like a process. Yeah. And like, I feel like we need to be guided through that process often and be supported. And like, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing to yeah. like support people in that because I want more people to be able to do it from that place. I love this so much. I think we've talked so much about body, nervous system regulation, the future of leadership, all these things. Like from your perspective, like, what does the future of business look like? What is your vision for the future of business? And like, what action can people take to create this vision? I do think that the future of all business and success is going to be about transparency. And I think that's also going to bleed into the emotional leadership part too. Mm -hmm. Like transparency, of course, of like what the product is, but also like as a leader, like transparency is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. As being like, hey team, Here's how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Like transparency in all of these ways. Mm -hmm. So we can be like, oh, right. We don't have to live in this like weird kind of like fake standardized world of this is how you act in business and this is how you act in friendship. And this is what you say on your box. Like just all of this kind of like fragmented. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I think it's transparency because transparency is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. That's connecting like if i'm not transparent with, transparent with you mm -hmm. how am i gonna actually connect with you mm -hmm. like i want to connect with the real version of you and i want you to connect with like the real version of me mm -hmm. and i think if you are that way as a business leader owner product creator like your clients your customers are all going to feel that they're gonna be like ah oh, i can feel the human mm -hmm. inside of all these different things mm -hmm. like what i would hope to continue doing is implementing that just with all of my employees and with all of my clients, but specifically with my employees and just being like, Hey, like, how are we all feeling? Mm -hmm. How am I doing as a leader? Am I making you feel supported? Mm -hmm. Am I making you feel like I'm grateful? And am I, am I how am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I do better? Mm -hmm. And just really like approaching everything with that version of transparency and being like, I'm not afraid as a leader to like show my vulnerabilities, my fears, my anxieties, my concerns with mm -hmm. those around me. And in fact, like opening up and saying that is asking for support. Mm -hmm. And I think as a leader, like if you're not realizing, if you're asking for support, you're not realizing the value of every single person that is helping you build and grow your business. Mm -hmm. You know, Thank you so much for being Thank here, you. for having this conversation. I literally feel like you were like, let's do the podcast without even knowing what we were going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that we'd had this conversation, that you're here. I'm so inspired by what you're doing and so necessary. And you too. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.